Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Overpowered Podcast, Geek of the Machine edition, Geek of the Machine, Doctor Who edition, still working out the kinks of a new naming system that is suddenly a mouthful. Um, You can find us at overpoweredentertainment.com and a variety of other places that will be listening to this podcast. But feel free to listen to us, share, like, comment, and let us know that you enjoy what we're doing. Um, Today we're going to be talking about Doctor Who, Season 11, Episode 9, entitled They Take You Away. So, overall, what were your thoughts on this episode, Adelaide? Um, I want to say this is one of the better episodes of Doctor Who. I think they did. Um, I can't, can't remember how much uh, agency and control the Doctor had on this one, but I felt like it was more than what we've seen in the past, so... About time, but a little too late. See, I have to agree with you because I personally was surprised at how the doctor was doing this episode. And I I think I even mentioned to you, like, this was the best episode. I'm so excited. So. Uh, Question. Who, Who wrote this one? Answer. A person who is a writer that writes for Doctor Who. Uh huh. Okay. Like. Let us know in the comments if you can guess this piece of trivia. Not to it's... not to throw shade or anything, but uh, yeah, just because I was wondering how the Doctor's characterization, uh, let's shall we say, fluctuates with the writers who's writing it at the time. Uh, I mean, I was fine with it. It was good. Um, but you ready to just dive right in? I am. I have a lot to say about uh, certain... Um, side character that showed up for one episode that I'm annoyed with. Okay, well, let's go and start with the companions of the Doctor arrive in Norway and they find a cabin, okay? Um, what were your thoughts when they first stumbled upon this cabin? My first thoughts were, okay, we have a cabin in the woods. Is this the beginning of a horror film or what's happening here? Because let's let's be perfectly honest, Doctor Who can get into horror territory. I'm not complaining, but also, what what am I in store for here? Um, I agree. I had a similar feeling like, okay, do I have to brace myself for a horror movie? Because I was totally not prepared. Like, mm. um, but inside we meet a blind teen, Hannah. Fun fact: Hannah was actually blind in real life. Did you notice that, Adelaide, or? Did I didn't think... want to judge. I suspected she might have been, but I wasn't entirely sure. Yeah, she totally was. Oh, cool. So, good. I think that was good that they actually incorporated someone who was truly blind. Um, Yay for inclusion? Yes. Big yay for that. Good on them. Hiring a blind actress to play the blind character. Very good. Um, th- That was a question mark, simply because Hannah is the most annoying character. <laughs> and I don't know if this is a good representation of a a blind character, especially the first one that we're seeing. Valid point, but still <laughs> good to have a blind person play the blind character. Yes, that is a very good point. Go blind people playing characters that are actually blind. You know your struggle. Um, We see Hannah, and we learn that her father moved them into the cabin after the death of her mother, and her father has gone missing for four days. Okay? Hannah is afraid of going out to search for him. 
um, apparently due to the fact that she hears a creature every day, not because she's blind and literally doesn't know anything around her except the area that she's used to. She, I'm surprised they didn't give her a stick or a dog or, you know, something to help her increase her mobility and outreach. I don't want to get too into it because you haven't gotten to that point, but that <laughs> is something that I considered and one of the reasons why I hate her father. So, continue. <laughs> um, so, upstairs they discover a bedroom mirror with no reflection. Graham and Ryan discover this. And um, the doctor reveals it's a portal. She, Graham, and Yaz enter it, while Ryan remains behind with Hannah. Shortly after their departure, Hannah knocks out Ryan and follows them, forcing Ryan to do the same. Through the portal, the doctor and the others find themselves in an anti-zone. Okay, so I just gave you a lot of information. I'm going to break it down really quickly, okay? Because... I'm scared now. (laughs) Okay, so first of all, let's talk about the fact that during this conversation... Ryan said, how do we know her father didn't just leave her? I was right there with Ryan. I was like, he brought you out to a cabin in the middle of the woods. We've seen a lot of people do this, either in real life or in Doctor Who or movies in general, where they take their blind, deaf, disabled in some way child and just leave them because they don't feel like doing it. And what really bothered me about this specifically was that everybody looked at him like, how dare you say that, Ryan? I think, I mean, I had the same thought. I honestly thought, okay, her dad left and probably died. But, I mean, I still think he's a terrible person, even if that's not entirely the case. Um, But my, I think for me, I read that as, how dare you say that in front of her? And I think that was where the distinction for me was, is that how dare you say that in front of her, not how dare you ever say that? Because, yeah, that's that's a thought you guys need to consider and something that's very realistic and does happen. And that's a very poss- big possibility. But, yeah, how dare you say that in front of her? Um. Then we get Ryan. I don't know why they left Ryan with Hannah. Hannah had already decided she didn't like Ryan. And Gaz was clearly better with Hannah. Yaz is the only one with agency and like an actual personality so of course Yaz has to be the one to go she can't stay back and babysit mm. um, we also get the message that the doctor wrote on the wall did you um, what did you think about that message um, I thought that was okay so I thought it was a good way to, to say it to, to get the point across um, at least to Ryan, uh, to say, oh, I'm, I'm drawing a map on the wall. But also at the same time, like, you know the difference between, like, sketching and drawing sounds. At least make it seem, like, a little bit more consistent. And uh, or maybe, like, I don't know, maybe she had said something like, oh, I'm writing down where the weak points in the house are not. I'm drawing a map of the weak points Yeah, she said, I'm, I'm listing the weak points of the house. Yeah, well, they, they then said something like a map, because even the, even the daughter points out, uh, Hannah points out, um, well, it sounded like she was writing. So they said something about it being drawing, and then they said something about it being writing, and I don't know. That would have been more consistency, but good way to play on her blindness and to deliver a message, I guess? Yes, you you play on that blindness. Who needs inclusion anymore when we can manipulate the situation? <laughs> I 
sorry. That's not what you said. No, but, but... that is how it felt in the episode. Right. You just like... said what I was thinking without having, you know, I didn't have to be the one to say it. <laughs> um. Uh, also, the fact that Hannah was able to knock Ryan out. My question was, how strong is this child? That she can push the door into him hard. Like, do you know the level of force you have to push a door to knock someone out? I want to know what that door was made of. Because that is, that's at least half the battle there. If she could just shove him into it, what is that door made of? What kind of wood is that? If it's wood, it's probably some sort of metal painted like wood. (laughs) Um... Uh, and then she wanders into the anti-zone. Okay. So, I'm going to take a minute to ask you, Adelaide, okay? Um, because this may have been a cultural difference, but I was looking at Hannah, and the whole time I was like, I dislike her. There's, I would have, it would have taken everything in me not to instinctively like, hit her, shove her, like, just, like, put her in a closet. Like, I mean, wow. I was gonna go, like, mm. I was feeling very Helen Keller, and I was like, hmm, what can we do with you so that you aren't, like, so annoying? And, like, and I feel like Hannah was a horrible character. And I was watching this feeling awful, because I'm like, Jasmine, you can't do this. These are, like, you're not supposed to be, like, feeling this way. Like, you're supposed, like, no. And I'm like, no, she is awful. I would have shoved her in a closet, put a broomstick over there, and told her to shut up. Like, you can't go after your father because, one, Hannah, I appreciate the mobility that you have, but you are blind, sweetheart. You do not know what you're facing, as the doctor just told you. And I cannot be here to protect myself and you from something I don't know. Like, it's extra care, and it's, it bothered me, the fact that she was so determined to go in, knowing her own limitations. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I mean, I didn't hate her. I found her irritating because, I think because she was so obsessive about searching herself and, and having, like, it wasn't enough that all of them went. She had to be the one to go, too. And, like, to an extent, I understand, because a lot of characters are like that. But at the same time, like, this was to the point of running out there on her own. And we have her... Blind. She is literally running out there on her own, blind. Yeah, in an area that, like, is an entire other world. And, like, we had the the monsters she's afraid of. She's afraid to go outside because there are monsters there. There are things she hears mm-hmm. that terrify her. And, and the doctor said, I'm sorry, I keep interjecting no, today. No, no, it's fine. This, this episode <laughs> apparently bothered you. But the doctor even says, like, I, this is probably where that thing came from. And uh, Exactly. T- That's what I thought, too. Like, why would you go into it? I get that you miss your dad. I get that you're scared. And, like, good job turning that scared energy into do the thing and find the, find the missing parent. Good job with that instinct. No. But also, like... Don't fall into that instinct. Self-preservation is more important than that. Like, if she had no self-preservation instinct whatsoever, none, not one. Because, like, my problem is this. I am 100% okay with people who are blind who are living their best life, okay? 
I am happy for you and you can mediate the danger and you know, and it takes practice like to get out and do certain things. Um, my issue is Hannah just threw everything. She didn't have a stick. She didn't have a dog. She had nothing to help her navigate life. That was, one of the, that was one of the other issues that I was going to bring up. Was like, you have nothing to get through there. You are 100% reliant on your father. And he is missing. He is your seeing eye dog. And you cannot, you cannot <laughs> tell me that you can make it through there without him. Especially since this is, like, once you learn that that could be where that monster came from, do you really want to be the one to run through there? I was fine with her dying. If we're be- I hoped, like, and this was the first time that I hoped that a child died in Doctor Who. Like, I don't know that that's true. I'm I feel saying like it. You say that I'm phrase saying. a lot. <laughs> but like I was, I I was hoping she died. I was like, this would be the perfect like ending to Hannah. I wouldn't have to deal with her and her stupid. I have to find my father. I have to find my father. They're looking for your father. Okay. This would be like if let's say you and I are together, Adelaide. I go missing for four days. I came to visit you. I go missing. And you're like, I have to be out there to find Jasmine. The police are looking, but I have to be the one that burst through the door of wherever she is to find her. Yeah, I hate to say it. I'm letting the police look for you. Exactly. Like, I like because I wouldn't expect you to be like the first one through the door. Like, here I am with my cape on, Jasmine. Like... Like, it, it, just, like, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> like, it really bothered me. It bothered me. Like, I had a very visceral reaction to this, as you can tell. I I see that. Um, I can't say my, all of my thoughts yet, because you haven't gotten to the point, so continue so I can rage equally, please. Okay, so we get to the anti-zone. What were your first thoughts with the doctor and friends going to the anti-zone? My first thoughts, honestly, were I've seen this before in previous Doctor Who episodes. Can we get another set designer? I was fine with it. I was like, this was fine enough. Like, it wasn't a Dalek. It was just, like, we're going, it was basically a bridge. Like, we're going towards this bridge. You can go across the same bridge a thousand times and it leads to a different location. So I was like, cool. All right, ready for the next section? Yes, if it gets to the point where I can rage about the father, yeah. Okay. Within this universe... The doctor encounters Ribbons, who offers his help in exchange for her sonic screwdriver. Did you like Ribbons? I One, I loved his name. I thought that was really <laughs> freaking funny and really cute, oddly for that character. I did not trust him for a second, but I liked him. Well, of course. Of course you didn't trust him, because Ribbons immediately holds a knife to Graham's throat when he tries to... First of all, you don't just... <sighs> this is my thing, okay? And I assume if we are in a hostile environment, you should automatically assume prison rules. You don't touch, you don't look, or not even prison rules. Black parents and the store rules, okay? You don't touch nothing, you don't see nothing, you don't break nothing if you can't afford it. It's valid series of rules. <laughs> okay, and as a kid, you can't afford anything. So, there you go. And Graham was like, oh, let me just touch. You're in an alien world, sir. Why are you just touching things after everything that you've seen? My question with that is, where did Graham's common sense go? 
He was the he was the character of common sense. That's why I liked him. That's why he was one of my favorites up there with with Yaz, who although is really getting on my mm-hmm. nerves with a lot of the stuff. Um, but where did his common sense go? Like his his whole thing earlier was no no. Why do you want to go towards the alien? Why do you want to go that way? You should go the other way. Like we need that in Doctor Who sometimes. And now it's just gone because he's just like yeah cool. Let me touch the alien thing. No, don't touch. Do not touch. <laughs> He's been around a doctor too long. Common sense is gone. Darn it. It was supposed to go the other way where he kind of instills some of that into them. So, <laughs> darn it. Um. Anyway, the doctor asks Ribbons a series of questions. And like, where do you, where have you always been here? Ribbons says yes, which we will get to in later. Um, but ultimately Ribbons is eaten by a flesh moth. When he tries to grab the sonic screwdriver and run away with it. Well, by a swarm of flesh moths. How did you feel about the new villain's flesh moth? I am horrified. Anything that has the word flesh implying it's eating things and then an insect name, I want nothing to do with. That is that is worse than whatever horrifying creature they ever came up with before. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. I loved the flesh moth, and I was excited about it. I was like, yes, a swarm. I, I didn't know moths were in swarms. Is that a normal moth habit? Sure. I don't know. Uh, let us know in the comments. <laughs> um, But I am completely fine with that. Um, we find out that da, 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 the others quickly escape after the moth, as the moths eat ribbons. That phrase alone tells you everything about why they named him Ribbons. <laughs> um, and they find themselves arriving in a cabin within a parallel universe. They encounter Eric, and Eric is talking to Trini. Was that her name? Trianne? Trini? What was her name? I thought it was like... I want to say it was like Trina, but I don't remember how they pronounced it exactly. I don't either. Um, well, he's talking to his dead wife. Um... During this time, Graham encounters Grace, despite the circumstances of her death, and both he and Eric experience difficult conversations about their loss. The Doctor quickly deduces that they have encountered the, the Solar Tracks, a sentient universe incapable, incompatible and exiled from the real one, which seeks companionship and has now cut them off from their universe. When Hannah arrives and recognizes Trini is not real, the doctor convinced the solo track to let them go and knowing their existence threatens to collapse the place. All right, so let's break this down into smaller bites, okay? They first get to the world and they encounter Eric, who is just sitting there chilling, making breakfast. And at some point, he's like, she's just a kid. It's food in the refrigerator. She'll be fine. I hated your him. Thoughts? I what hated your him. Thoughts? I hated him from the moment they said, oh, like the moment we saw that he was just fine and alive and in a parallel universe with his dead wife. He was like, no, no, it's fine. She's a teenager. There's food in the freezer. She'll make it. It's fine. So you left. You left your child, blind or otherwise, alone for four days, not telling her you were leaving. You just up and left and not saying when you were going to be back, not saying when, not saying how long, nothing. And you just left. You are her... And, you haven't gotten to the reveal about the the monster yet, so no, I'm about to. Didn't... I was literally about to do that now. So if you would like okay. to take over, yeah. So you set up these speakers to keep her trapped in the house with fear, 
they, like, there's no monster out there. They're bears, but, and you set up bear traps because they're legit bears, but you set up these speakers to keep her scared, too scared to leave the house and wander off and hurt herself. So on some level, you know that she is too, uh, that she's too dependent on you to make it without you. But at the same time, you're like, nah, I'm gonna go bang my dead wife. Well, we don't know if the solo track was actually banging him. Oh, do you they, think? Do you really think he was there for four days and not banging a sentient universe? <laughs> I wonder if you could add that to your resume. I banged the sentient universe. What have you done today? Maybe that depends on what you do. <laughs> um, I agree with you. I found Eric repulsive, and he was awful all over, all around. He was awful. Um. I know you I, say a lot that you want the character sorry to interject, but I know you say a lot that you want a character to die. I wanted him to die. I legit <laughs> wanted him dead. I didn't, like, I felt bad about that because she Hannah depended on him, but at the same time, no. He should have died. And I would have been perfectly fine with that. Um, Grace being there was interesting. Uh, the story about the frogs was unnecessary. What did you think about the story about the frogs? I actually did have something to say about that. Um, I felt the story of the frogs, the frog thing was, it was added in. And had there been like a scene where, like in previous episodes where they said um, something about, oh, she had a big love of frogs. Like if we had seen like something about that, or we'd seen him wearing that necklace before and it was just never mentioned, I would have been okay with it. But at that point, it felt like it was used as a plot device that was really, and it was poorly done. Yeah, I agree with you. It was a bad plot device, and I don't care. I appreciate it um, when the doctor deduced that it was a solar track and was like, yeah, this universe is like a kid with chicken pox, and our universe couldn't exist with it in it. So the universe was like, nope, get out of here. <laughs> and put it in quarantine. Oh. <laughs> uh, weird when you feel bad for a sentient universe but i guess that's what doctor who makes you do <laughs> um hannah arrives and immediately realizes that this wasn't her mother uh how like is it they never explained how and i'm assuming that it's a blind thing yeah i think it was supposed to be a um uh how do i say it without sounding terrible but i guess the way they did it was terrible so they were trying to do the um like the enhanced extra sense that somebody who's disabled with a with a disability like um, blindness or deafness or something would have, and I think that's what they're trying to go for. Which is, it's not a stereotype you want to play with in some cases, and I don't know how well they pulled it off here. I feel like they used her. I feel like once this part came out, I felt like having her be blind was entirely leading up to that, and that was why she was blind. Mm, I was watching it and I thought it was stupid if I'm being honest because it doesn't make sense even if she's blind how would she know like I get the whole it could be that she has like superhuman powers because it's making up for it but how do you differentiate that from something you've never experienced a solar track is something that you've never experienced as a human I got so nothing. how did like, that was like, that was my explanation and I was bothered by it so I got nothing else um anyway do you have any more thoughts on um hannah meeting her not mother uh no uh, no all of my thoughts revolve around bashing eric Wild. okay well more eric now 
Oh, the doctor also reveals that the Solar Track wants companionship and has now cut them off from the other universe. Uh, creepy? This is the first thing that came to my mind. Like, <laughs> I understand it. Don't get me wrong. As a sentient universe, if all you have to keep yourself company is you, and suddenly some people walk in, obviously you'd want them to stay, so you'd entice them. Okay, but it's it's a sentient universe. Couldn't it create like more life? Couldn't it do the god thing and have the big bang and make people and right? But then that's just they're you. They're still you. Because remember, she created Grace. She created uh, the the woman. So everything, but that's still her or him or it. It, I guess. I don't. I don't know. I like. Yeah, I still feel bad for it because ultimately the. <laughs> The whole point of it was loneliness. So, mm-hmm. anyway, continue. I want to bash Eric more. <laughs> um, Eric refuses to leave, even after the thing pushed out his daughter, who is blind and completely dependent on him. God, he was I like, hate- "Nope, not leaving." I really, really wanted him, and like at that point, he was even like, "No, it still could be my wife." No, it couldn't. <laughs> what makes you think it's still your wife? One, is the supernatural ability to send somebody through a portal not enough proof for you? Well, not only that, he just had zero cares about his daughter. Yeah. Like, at all. He was just using it as an excuse to get away from his daughter, frankly. And that's why I hated him. Because he was like, because what we said about the beginning, where he just wanted to get away from his daughter because she was blind and probably too much of a hassle for for him to deal with. Yeah, that's what he was doing. And that's why I hated him. And I was like low key hoping that once the uh, once the universe shoved him out, he would like crack his head on a rock, and then we'd just be done with him. <laughs> um, Eric refused to leave, and the uh, the doctor offers to take his place and give the solar track a broad experience of her millennia's traveling the universe. Eric is ejected in agreement, and the doctor um stays in a white space with a talking frog. The form the solar track finds delightful. Uh, Being fascinated with interacting with it, she explains that she can't stay and urges the solar track to remain interesting. She then makes her way back through the antidome before the porter to the universe collapses. In the aftermath of their adventures, Eric decides to return to Oslo with Hannah, while Ryan takes interest in Grimm's conversation with Grace and bonds with him. Uh, Ryan also calls Graham granddad. Alright, let's break this down again. I probably should just break these down one at a time, but... Well, they're all so connected that, like, you have to go through mm-hmm. it anyway, so... Um, the doctor leaves, uh, the doctor forces Eric out. I forgot to mention that Graham said you almost had it, but when you said you didn't care about Ryan, like... See? And- <laughs> See? He cares. He knows. <laughs> Eric. <laughs> um, so how did you feel about the contrast between Eric and his wife and Graham and his? Graham is a good human being and I will protect him. Eric is a terrible, terrible person that should have never had kids and should probably, for his own sanity, and or for her sanity, rather, uh, help her learn to navigate life without him because he is a terrible person and can't be relied on ever. Uh, I mean, a lot of these things, I was just, I agree, Eric is awful, but I feel like Hannah is just as awful, 
So, oh, I mean, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. She's she's awful because she's so dependent and she can't do anything without him. But that's his doing. And that's because he refuses to help her in any way other than trap her in the house and then abandon her. Uh, Well, we can get to that as we progress. Because uh, I feel like you didn't read the rest of my outline. <laughs> that depends on where we are in this. Because uh, multiple taps. <laughs> Yeah, we're almost at random thoughts. Okay, okay. Um, da 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 da. Eric sits. Um, not Eric. Uh, Doctor Who's the Doctor sits and talks to the frog and says, "You're amazing." And the Doctor's like, "But wait, we're still breaking down. You can't maintain this. You have to let me go." And the talking frog was like, "No, you're just trying to leave me." Yes, yes, I am. I want to go home. But the doctor's like, no, I would love to stay and chat with you. I would love to. But you just have to keep being brilliant all by yourself or we'll both die. What's the point of being so brilliant if you have no one to share it with? Well, not only that, like even when people try to come to your world, they they can't stay. So you just have like the emptiness of being alone magnified by the fact that you know there are people out there you're basically like a kid in a bubble you know people are out there you want to play you want to interact with them but you can't no with that comparison uh maybe hannah should have been the one to bond with it mm-hmm. mm. um the doctor uh oh, i forgot the fact that um graham catches up to ryan gaz gets ejected after yelling at the soul track um uh, this was a very light outline about yes i realized i didn't even i don't think i mentioned her name. i think this is the first time i mentioned her name that's surprising <laughs> actually because normally she's like let me take the lead and let me be in front i think it's just that i don't like yes that's fair too uh she makes her way the doctor makes her way back through the engine zone before the universe collapses um what were your thoughts on that um i didn't really care honestly I was like, okay, cool. The universe is collapsing. I will say one of the thoughts I had at some point was, why don't you, why don't, why don't Eric and his wife and had Hannah not immediately rejected the fake wife, uh, why don't all three of you just stay there? If that's what the universe wants and it can maintain that, so be it. I don't care. That's what I was thinking too. Like, I thought it would be like a way that Hannah gets her mother back and he gets like his wife and everything. Yeah, see, that's what I thought was going to happen, and that it was going to be, um, it was going to be like a, it was going to be a good enough solution. And when they just sort of said, "No, the universe can't maintain anything anymore," um, I was like, "Well, good job breaking it, hero. Had maybe it could have handled two, it just couldn't have handled all of you." Hmm. Um. Anything else about the end of this episode? Uh, Eric decides to leave and return to Oslo with Hannah. And Ryan and Graham's conversation. Ryan and Graham's conversation at the end. Um, it was cute. Ryan and Graham, good for you guys. Um, screw Eric. That's all I have to say. Um, agreed. Eric was awful. But we're about to get more into that with my questions and random thoughts. So be prepared to answer questions, Ellie. And try at home too, guys. Let us know in the comments if you can answer any of these questions. Or on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and other places that this podcast will be posted. Discord. We have a Discord server. Yes, come into the Discord server and discuss it with us because that'll be even more fun. (laughs) 
Um, so random thoughts as they were listed. All right, ready? I'm gonna do this rapid fire. Oh God. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> You're making me go back uh, and forth between tabs, and I'm like, I can't, I can't handle this much responsibility. The kid was the worst kid ever. I've never rooted for a child's death more than hers. He is the worst father ever. After the solar track blasted his daughter out, he was still willing to stay. <laughs> Ryan was right. He abandoned his daughter. The doctor had grandparents. Did you catch that little yes, tidbit? Yes, the doctor had seven grandmothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you like that world building? I wanted more on that, actually. Like, like were these all did did one grandmother have many wives or was this like one grandfather and then they regenerated into a, a grandmother and then they regenerated right that's like, what i was about to say was a regeneration or what yeah what happened there i want more on that <laughs> uh we also have uh flesh moss which we talked about this little girl is annoying as hell i hate her Missed opportunity to have the doctor see someone that she missed instead of just two wives. Uh, imagine a cameo from one of the past companions. Except one of the past companions would have been Rose? No. Yes. Or it could have been the raggedy man one. What was her name? Amy? Yes. It, like several companions. Yes, it could have been but- River. It, River probably would have been the most effective. See, yes, I was thinking honest. the same thing, that it should have been River. We should have had River show up. In fact, when they said, when your friend is here, I thought it was going to be River, and I was extremely disappointed that it was Grace. Grace is great, but I was expecting... No, her. no one cares. Let's be very honest. Grace died the first episode. Like, no one really cares about Grace. Okay, fine. But I, I was still expecting River, and I was kind of disappointed that instead it we ended up with a companion that we didn't really know. When it should have been somebody more important to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Any other thoughts about the random thoughts section? Uh, no, I think we think we're good. Okay. Questions. Are you ready? Oh God. Okay. Go. I'm scared. Who exactly exiled the solar trek to this plane? I don't know. <laughs> well, I, got, like, <laughs> I got nothing. I don't. I have no hypothesis about this other than, <laughs> hey, I don't know. Our sentient universe did it. I don't know. Is our universe sentient? Are we all just pieces of a sentient universe? I mean, we are the universe experiencing itself. So in a way, yeah, we are a sentient universe, but we are not. It's not sentient in the way that one is. Right. So, so that's the question. I don't know. I would exile it. Fate exiled it, I guess. I don't know. Like, is there something bigger than the two universes that was like, because I feel like this is the thing. This season of Doctor Who was very faith related. Yeah, I got that too. And I almost want to say, I don't know, are they implying that a, that a deity came in and did it? Or, and in that case, doesn't that just make it like, would that not be its own version of sentience where it's a sentient universe that then created other things, but those mm-hmm. things were not part of the original sentience? Which is kind of what I was trying to lead into with the other thing, but I don't know. They they didn't give enough on that for me to really have a hypothesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ready for the next one? Oh god, I'm scared. Could the solar track return? See, I would, I would like it to in a way, because it's so lonely. Can't it? Right, like once it heals up, it like lures someone else, and the doctor's like, "Hey, you got to stop luring these people." <laughs> well, like, why can't it be like Disneyland? No one wants to live there, but they can visit. Well, he was visiting, and then he decided to stay for too long. Yes, but he was a terrible person. If you have, like, normal people who aren't terrible people, 
or you know trap terrible people there and just leave them there. I'm no, apparently I'm want... apparently voting for turning the solo track into a prison, and that's probably right, a like, bad idea. I was about to say. <laughs> um, why did Eric bother barricading the house? Like, it's not a real monster. What was the point? See, that was one of the other things that I hated Eric for because he goes through and he he made this huge enormous statement about this this monster being out there he went to great lengths to get wires that would go that far out and hide these speakers in the bushes and then he goes and barricades the house as if there actually is a monster out there what a terrible person like i actually hated him okay then we have how did Eric get into how did the portal get into the cabin and how did Eric discover it I, like it was, I don't know about how it got there, but I assume he just did the same thing where it was like, I'm not reflecting in this mirror. Let me touch it like a dumbass. No, I wouldn't touch that. No, that I know, it. exactly. <laughs> like, I was like, this is a weird mirror. Let me get this out of my home. I would have been like, I'm going to poke it with a stick from really far away, but I'm not like, touching I've seen, it. <laughs> I've seen enough horror movies where no good can come of this. I have I'm read, I've some... read Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass. I know not to touch that. I'm going to say some prayers, and I'm going to donate this to a church. <laughs> Jesus can handle it from here. <laughs> um, how did Eric know how the mirror worked and how to get to it? Like, Because he had to travel through the whole anti-zone. How did he survive ribbons? How did he survive the moss and everything just to get there? That was one of the that was one of the things I was wondering when they made the whole deal about traveling through that little buffer zone, and how did he know consistently to keep doing that, and did he bribe ribbons? What did he bribe him with? What what was that? And there's a lot of unanswered questions in this episode that I feel like should have been answered. Yeah, well, I'm still not even halfway done my list, so let's keep going. Okay, so this is one that's probably going to annoy you specifically because this is something that we have complained about oh, no. and now I'm complaining. Oh, no. Why did Eric and Hannah have Norwegian accents? Everyone else has literally had British accents. Because they haven't, yeah, I know. I actually, <laughs> while listening to it, I was like, hey, wow, they actually shelled out the money to get some actors from the <laughs> area to do it. Like, but they didn't explain why. It was stupid. Well, it's a, it was 2018 Norway. I guess if they said, I don't know. That, that's the most I can give you. They just shelled out the cash for it to hire somebody else. <laughs> uh, why does Hannah know so much about the monster when it's not real? She knows when it hunts. She knows how dangerous it is. And when she believes it's attacking. And she repeats the mantra that it takes you away over and over and over again. Because her horrible, horrible father told her all of this stuff. <laughs> legit that's that's what that's my assumption is that he told her it takes you away don't go there or she filled in that assumption on her own when she when he vanished oh when her father disappeared yeah. it takes you away and oh. um my like those were that was the one fuzzy one but i assumed that she knew when it hunted because he put it on that's when he started the the recordings uh like that's the that's the kind of stuff that i assumed that just because he's been doing it for so long that's what that's how she figured it out or he just straight up told her mm-hmm why didn't the doctor notice the string was being cut? Like, the tension would have immediately lessened. I don't know. 
<laughs> Plot reasons? I don't know. It's through a mirror. I got nothing. Uh, has Ribbons really always lived in the Antizone? How long has the Antizone been there? See, I didn't believe that Ribbons has always lived there because they made a point of the Antizone um, coming up recently as a, as a buffer to, the, to that portal. So I didn't fully believe that he was always there or at the very least, I didn't believe that he was... Uh, maybe he has always been there and like he sprang up he as a sprung result. up when it did yeah. mm-hmm. um, is Eric the worst dad alive yes and why do they leave Hannah with him he's a terrible person horrible right but why do they like he already abandoned his child once why are we leaving her with him and not going to social services or the equivalent I don't know because they want them to be a happy family I just which is not going to happen because he's absolute trash of a human <laughs> I very um, clearly do not like him. What do you think is next for Ram and Brian? Uh, well, I mean, I've seen the next episode, so um. In general, be very general about <laughs> what you think is next. Uh, like, are you excited family... about their relationship developing? Yes, are you I excited? actually am. I, I like the uh, the family bonding thing that is apparent here because finally okay. we're getting somewhere. Why have we never seen an anti-zone in Doctor Who before? I don't know, and I wondered that as well. Where did this come from? How have we not seen this before? Especially since, like, we would have seen, like, something. Like, I feel like we've done we've done stuff like this before where we should have seen, like, an anti-zone or something. Mm-hmm. Um, why eat dirt if you can scan with the TARDIS and get the date? reasons i don't know they make weird choices sometimes that's one of them (laughs) since when did the doctor start eating dirt to figure out where they were hey if she wants to eat dirt she can eat dirt (laughs) don't don't shame her (laughs) i feel like this is a metaphor for the season probably (laughs) (sighs) okay Why did Yaz act like it was a crazy question to ask if the father would abandon his daughter? We already talked about that, so I can scratch that off my list. Wouldn't wouldn't Ryan be the worst person to care for Hannah? Why not leave Yaz? Because they both would be affected by the grandmother, is my follow-up. Yeah, that's probably why. Um, And we we needed one of them to be in danger. I actually would have liked Graham to stay back and hang out with her. But... Yeah, because he had the whole grandpa thing. Yeah, that's why. Um, anything else? Any questions that you have? Uh, no follow-up plot po- follow-up uh, message to take away from this was Eric was a terrible human being and he was awful in every sense of the word. Okay, that's all. All right, continuity. Graham has started carrying a sandwich around whenever he leaves his hardest, since they don't stop to eat very often. Were you surprised by this? I think it's adorable, and it's one of the common sense things that I've been mentioning about Graham and why I like him. But since his common sense seems to be deteriorating as he is in the prim- as he is within proximity to the doctor, um, I don't know. I just like seeing that. It's cute. Um, Graham talks to the solo track about meeting Rosa Parks, the solo track Grace. Were you excited about this conversation? No, because it wasn't Grace, so why would she care? Well, it was the solo track pretending to be Grace from his memories. I know, so so why would she care? Because the solo track wants to know about their world. 
Okay, but she's she's Aladdin with a magic carpet. Okay, like I can show you my world if you show me yours. I just felt like it didn't ultimately matter because it wasn't really Grace, and so whatever reaction she had and whatever bond he would have developed with her wasn't genuine. Well, it was the solo track. So the solo track was genuinely excited. Yes, but the solo track is not Grace, and the conversation was supposed to be cute and lighthearted between um between Graham and Grace. And that's where it fell flat for me. Um, last but not least, the doctor mentions her fifth grandmother, one of seven, but her second grandmother was a Zygon spy. What were your thoughts? I want so much more of her grandmothers, and I want to know, are these all one grandmother? Are they are they multiple regenerations, or are they like the pair that had the kids and then they regenerated off in different branches and both of them and that's how she gets seven. Like where's the what happened here and how many grandfathers has she had was it at some point like she had two grandmothers at the same time or she had two grandfathers and i just i want to know so much about this all right and last but not least jody whitaker is confirming is confirmed to return for doctor who season 12 are you excited are you ready how do you feel about this turn of events i wouldn't say excited but i am glad to hear that she's coming back um did the did the writer uh, can't remember his name. Uh, the the showrunner. I'm pretty sure that's the reason she's coming back. I did not verify. Oh, is... I know Jodie Whittaker is coming back. I do not remember. Let us know in the comments if you did. Okay, because if he's if he's leaving, I would like to see Jodie Whittaker shine as the Doctor without that writing and directing. Um, if he's not, then I'm a little disappointed because it's going to be the same pair and it's going to be the same thing we've seen before. So. I want well, to see I want to see Jody's doctor shine. Ultimately, that's what I want to see, and I feel like with the current showrunner, we're not going to get that. I mean, the last few episodes will have the current showrunner, and I feel like it's gotten progressively better. But that's a very low bar, so I will give you that. Um, anything else that you want to say about Doctor Who season eleven, episode nine? Eric is trash. The girl was the worst. I feel like her and the father deserve each other. But she probably needs to be taken to social services. But, like, as a human being, the girl was awful. I hated the girl as much as I hated Eric. I hated Eric more because I just, I saw it as he created all of her, all of the grievances I had with her were his fault. And Mm-mm. then he was already a terrible person on top of that, so. Yeah, he was, I will give you, he's a terrible person. I hated him. But she was awful. Like, the minute that she is, like, I have to be the one to rush into danger, even though I have no skill set for this. I have no way to actually help you. I will only be a hindrance to you. That's when I was done with her. So that just sounds like Harry Potter. Does it? A little bit, yeah. Especially early, I mean, especially early books, yeah. I mean, at least Harry Potter like had Hermione around to like give him a few spells. She has nothing. She literally went in blind. Like... And this is the only time where I do not mean literally figuratively. She is literally going in blind. She has no skill. She does not know what's in there. And she thinks that this is the monster that has been tormenting her, that she was so scared of that she sat under a table and rocked herself in a fetal position. Yeah. You are not telling me that this girl is capable of helping her father in this situation. Yeah, the fact I that she was so like- adamant. I just I can't defend her. I just ultimately hate Eric more. So I I hate him and want to and want him to suffer and I blame everything on him. Let us know in the comments who is right. Are you team Adelaide where Eric is the villain? Or are you team me where the little girl was the worst character ever in life? Let us know. 
Yay. Yay. Anything else that you want to say about this season? I mean, this episode with Ellie? No, that's enough. We don't need to okay. rant about Eric and, and his terrible offspring anymore. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Geek of the Machine, Doctor Who edition. I am your host, Jasmine. Co-hosting, we had Adelaide. Bye, guys. Um, you can find us at OP... Real OP Tweets. You can find me at OP Jasmine. You can find Adelaide at OP underscore A-D-D-I-E. You can tweet the show at Real OP Tweets. You can find us on Instagram at Real OP Grams. You can check out the website at overpowerentertainment.com. You can check out Facebook, Overpower Entertainment. You can check out um, our Discord server. Anything I'm forgetting, Adelaide? I don't think so. Okay. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.